Welcome back to the Crow's Nest. My name is Jackson Shank, alongside my co-host Justin Valenzuela for episode 29 and volume two of our divisional show where we break down each NFL team division by division for this upcoming season. This episode, it's NFC East. Justin, how are we feeling today? Jackson, I'm feeling pretty good today. I just woke up to some news that the Boston Celtics offered a package surrounding Jalen Brown and picks uh, for Kevin Durant, but the Nets declined but are willing to negotiate if the Celtics include Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. So Katie might be Boston bound. Interesting news for sure. We will have to check up on the NBA in a later episode. But for now, we get into the NFL and we start with the NFC East. Okay, Justin, let's talk about our predictions for the division leaders for the NFC East. I think we are both in agreement in the fact that that is the Philadelphia Eagles. No, Jackson. Respectfully, I disagree with that statement. It'll be a close race to the very end, though. I will say that. Who do you got? So, I won't spoil things in terms of the one-two race, but I got the Cowboys uh, taking the NFC East crown. You know, a little repeat of last year. I think that I think the Cowboys are I think the I think a lot of ground was gained in the division. I think for a while it was like, damn, the NFC East is horrible. It's gonna go Cowboys, and then they just get to cakewalk through the Eagles, football team slash commanders and the Giants. And you know, that that's who's gonna represent them. I think that gap has closed significantly, especially this offseason where we saw the Cowboys lose a lot of talent. With that said, I think they have the best quarterback in the division. And typically speaking, when you have the best quarterback, they have a pretty damn good shot to win the whole division. So that's why I got the Cowboys. All right. Well, with that being said, let's let's start with the Eagles because I think they're the biggest talking point in this episode just because of how much they did in the offseason. I mean, you look at the trade, the trade and sign with A.J. Brown. They re-signed Hassan Riddick, who has had 11-plus sacks in the past two years. They finally started to scheme around his game as they moved him from linebacker to edge rusher. And then they just somehow got really, they had some great draft steals. I mean, you and I were there at MetLife on draft night, watching Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean go off the board. And then they picked up Jason Kelsey's replacement, I guess, or the man who will be handed the torch once he leaves. And that's Cam, Cam Jurgens. So, I think this team is a lot better well-rounded. They stack the defense at a easily far and away wide receiver one threat for Jalen Hurts. And I think it makes this team more dynamic, well-balanced, and will have a better approach to taking on teams that they had struggles with last year. I mean, they showed in the playoffs, they just flopped against the Buccaneers. Uh, They tried to run the ball against one of the top defenses or one of the top rush defenses in the NFL, and it didn't work out so well. Can't really throw against the Buccaneers when all you have is Devonta Smith. So now you add a wide receiver one threat, and you pack the defense a little more to compete against offenses like the likes of Tom Brady in the NFC. So I like the Eagles. I got them finishing 12-5, and and I think we once you uh once you let us know what you have as their record we can start breaking down their schedule 
So, yeah, I got the Eagles. I'm a big fan of what they did this offseason. I'm going to be completely honest. I think A.J. Brown was an amazing pickup for them. And, I, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to be honest. I really do think that, you know, if Devontae Smith grows into the potential I think he personally has, I think he could be the best wide receiver, two in the league, or even better than A.J. Brown, making him once again a wide receiver, too. Um, Hassan Reddick is a great pickup, really, really underrated edge rusher. And now, now the Eagles, they're, they're, they're different. Their interior defensive line is so stout, especially with um, they have Fletcher Cox. Now they have Jordan Davis. So you, you can't just focus on Hassan Reddick. That, that interior line is so beefy and just so powerful that I think Hassan Reddick is going to have a lot of one-on-ones and free rushing lanes to get to the quarterback, which makes this defense all that more scary. They have Darius Slay on the back end clamping up wide receiver ones all over the place. One of the best corners in the league. This defense has the potential to be really scary. And then <clears throat> Nicobe Dean is a linebacker, that bulldog to bulldog connection he has with Jordan Davis. Just overall, I think this defense has a lot of potential. Now, with that said, I have been finishing 10 and seven, going four and two in the division and second in the division, strictly because I think it really comes down to quarterback play. I don't know how much faith I have in Jalen Hurts just yet. He did a lot last year, and, you know, he did kind of open my eyes. I thought he was going to be one of the worst starters in the league. But with that said, he definitely had his woes. His real value is in the rushing game. And I think if you clamp that up and you can't get the ball to his receivers, this team is really crippled. But their defense is going to be so good, it's going to win them a lot of games. And if there's one thing I know that helps out a young quarterback, it's the defense. So I think they could definitely be a wild card team. I just don't think they can win the division just yet. All right. Well, what what record do you have for them going into this season? Ten and seven. Ten and seven. Okay, that's two games different. I got them at twelve and five, winning the division. So, Justin, let's uh, let's break down this schedule. I think you and I both can agree they take week one against the Lions. Easily, it's a way, but that doesn't really matter. There's a lot of hype coming into this game for them, and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna give us a glimpse of the potential they have. Yeah, I think. Actually, they fall short in week two. I think Minnesota's really, really strong this year. And with the new additions to Philadelphia, I think it's going to take some time for them to fully calibrate into the team that can be the caliber that I know that they can be. So I think one of these, win- they Minnesota comes into Philly and steals one of these from them. Uh, so, so far the same for me. I agree. All right. Week three away at the Commanders. I have it as a win. I actually have it as a loss. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Put some respect on Carson Wentz's name. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 a Carson Wentz revenge tour. And you know, I, the <clears throat> I won't spoil everything, but I have the Commanders. You know, dropping a dud week one to the Jaguars, and I think that's gonna make people overreact just a little bit. I think the the Commanders can be a good team, and I think they will be a pretty decent team. But you know, Carson Wentz has a lot riding on this game for him. He's gonna be playing his former team, the team that you know he took essentially to the playoffs and then watched a backup win the Super Bowl while he was injured. And then it, it all spiraled downhill from there. I think Carson Wentz might not be the biggest performer when the, when the lights are bright, but I think this is a nice low key game. It's going to be in Washington. The spotlight isn't really on them that much. So I think this is going to be a game where he comes in and, you know, shows them a glimpse of what they missed out on. All right. Okay. Yeah, we'll get I mean, we'll get to the commanders a little later, but man, that's high praise for Carson Wentz. I think he's against against his former team. All right. Week four against the Jags. This is a win for me. Easily a win. 
Yeah, week five, I have them dropping this game. They're away at Arizona, but I could actually, this is one of the games that I could think could turn them into a 13 and four team. Yeah, this game I'm, I'm back and forth on when I was making this. I was really, really, I really wanted to pick the Cardinals. And then I just think about everything that they lost. I, I'm not really high on the Cardinals heading in. I think Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown is a significant step back from what he's used to throwing to. I think they're going to have a nice connection, but I just don't really know how the Cardinals are going to be good. I don't really know how good the Cardinals are going to be, especially early on in the year. This is going to be a true test for them. The Eagles are going to be a tough team. I think they drop it. And then week six that follows, they have Dallas coming into Philly. I have this as their, their win against Dallas and I do have them losing later on in Dallas. So they'll split with them one and one overall. So into the bye, I have the Eagles one, two, three, four, and two. Yep. I have them beating Cowboys four and two heading to the bye as well. Awesome. Post by, I see three straight wins before hitting the Colts. I see wins against the Steelers, Texans, and commanders out the bye. I actually have them dropping one to the Steelers. I, the Steelers are just a gritty team that wins football games. Their defense, TJ Watt, Mike Tomlin, I think they're going to have a field day with Jalen Hurts. I think this could be one of his worst games of the year, especially uh, against Pittsburgh, just because of, you know, the vet. It's a old team. Yes, they're most likely going to have Kenny Pickett, but at, at least at this point, I think Kenny Pickett's going to start seeing the field. And even if he doesn't, Mitch Trubisky is he's a solid gateway kind of quarterback. He could definitely win games, but a young quarterback trying to go up against that stout Steelers, tough, gritty defense. I could see it being a really rough one for them, but then yeah, against the Texans, I have them winning. And then at home against the commanders, they're definitely going to get it done. You got to remember too, Jalen hurts. This is his what third year in the league. Hmm. He's transitioning out of that young QB to yeah, well, getting that second his, contract type of it's, guy. It's his second year starting and you, you got to remember, like, Daniel Jones was in his third year, and everyone was like, oh, he's a young guy, he's a young guy. Quarterbacks need time. It, I think people are used to quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, whom else? Not even – dude, We it wasn't until his third year that Josh Allen kind of blew up. But, like, quarterbacks take time to develop, and I think Hurts is definitely more of a project than these other guys especially in the passing game. So I think, I think it's fair to consider him a young quarterback still. I just, I think you got to start respecting the weapons around him. That's, that's the biggest thing. And adding AJ Brown, this is like, I feel like this is a make or break. Like he's got to be a top eight QB in passing probably. Yeah. It's definitely a make or break year, but this is just one game in the glimpse of a whole year. I still have the team going 10 and seven. It's just a very, this is probably looking at their schedule. Outside of the Saints, the Steelers are probably the toughest defense they're going to play, and maybe the Commanders, whom they drop a game to as well. So I think it's fair enough to assume the hardest defense he plays he's going to flop against. All right. Fair fair enough. I mean, they are full of vets, Minka resigns, stuff like that. So I, I respect it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Week 11 uh, against the Colts headed into Indy. I have this as a loss and I also follow it with another loss where the Packers come to town. Another game, the Packers game where I could see Philly stealing one and becoming a 13 and four team for me. Yeah. I think Jonathan Taylor. So for me, the Colts game is, 
it's a hard one. It's both week 11 and week 12 against the Packers are 50, 50 for me. Just the fact that the the Eagles run defense is probably going to be absurdly good. And, you know, the real strength of the Colts is that run defense, but the Colts are at home. They have former MVP, former starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, Matt Ice, Matt Ryan. I think that that difference in quarterback competence is going to be the real difference in both of those games. And that's why I have them dropping both. These are, you know, really good Hall of Fame quarterbacks that they're going to be going up against. So I think it's fair to assume they'll lose both of those games, but then the rest of their schedule looks, you know, pretty solid. Yeah, the rest of the schedule, I've got I've got three straight wins followed by a loss to Dallas and then two more wins on the back half. So that's a win against Tennessee Giants, Bears, uh, lost to Dallas, like I said, and then two wins against the Saints and Giants to close out the season. So, yeah, I follow a similar path as you. I think they have their way with the Giants, have their way with the Bears. I think they're going to split with the Cowboys, so I think the Cowboys get it done, uh, especially at home. But that Saints game is tough for me because, like I said, it's going to be a very, very tough defense that they're playing. And I think, you know, Jameis Winston can be that guy. They've got some weapons. they got Michael Thomas coming back. I, I think the Saints could be a sneakily good team and kind of sneak into that playoffs, follow that 9-8, and 10-7 and seven kind of record projection. So I think they actually do lose that game to the Saints, but then they end it with probably just walloping the Giants Week 18, really boost that morale, most likely heading into the playoffs. All right, so overall records, once again, I'm at 12-5, and five, Justin 10-7. and seven. The difference being a top seed in the division and a second seed in the division. So let's get to that division winner for you, the Dallas Cowboys. They're up next. I have them at 10 and 7, like you had the Eagles. I just can't seem to respect the fact of all the losses in the offseason. I mean, you lose two two wide receivers who were really, really solid. I mean, I can understand the coop loss. I really don't understand not re-signing Cedric Wilson. You had had one of the best uh, wide receiver trios in football. Wilson was starting to get a lot of targets late in the season. As soon as guys started to get more injured, he was a great, he was a great threat that Dallas had, but they just seemed to let him go for almost, you know, no cash to Miami. And now they draft a project offensive tackle and they lost Randy Gregory. So these are huge, huge changes for Dallas. I mean, you're turning into a team that's more traditional. You have a traditional wide receiver one. You know, you have a solid tight end in Dalton Schultz. You have a three down back in Ezekiel Elliott. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not probably the, the three down back I would want in that backfield. I'd probably try to try to get rid of him after his contract and ride Tony Pollard if I could. But outside of that, you have some coaching questions with Mike McCarthy. This team has always been a 10, 10 and 7, 11 and 6 type of team where they get into the first round, they win the division, and then they they lose. Like this has been a massive hump for Dallas over the past quarter decade. Right? So that's why I see Dallas regressing to their normal casual pace at 10 and 7. They get their 10 wins, they get into the wild card race and you know, depending on the matchup, they they probably lose, right? That's just how Dallas has been. And you also have to wonder, 
is the consistency there with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Now, don't get me wrong. Micah Parsons proved he's probably one of the best young linebackers, if not the best young linebacker in the NFL right now. But how many times is Trayvon Diggs going to come up with 12 picks in a season? That's not going to happen every year. So just remember that. We're going to see how this team really kind of evolves, especially in division where two out of the four teams only got better. So... Justin, I can't see them winning winning the division this year. The Eagles just got so much better, and the Cowboys just got so much worse. So please tell me why you have so much faith in this team. Two words, one man. Dakota Prescott. I think it's time to put respect on Dak Prescott's name. I think he's a very, very solid top 10, fringe top 8 quarterback. And, you know, with CeeDee Lamb, he's st- the Cowboys' offense, while it took a step back, it also – took a step forward in the sense that it got a lot simpler. You know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to pound that rock. And then they still got a very solid receiver in CeeDee Lamb, who I think could most definitely carry the torch of being a wide receiver one. It's most li- I think he's better than Amari Cooper, especially heading into year three. So I think it's time we respect that offense. I think they're still going to be a very competent offense, but what's going to hurt them a lot is that defense. Micah Parsons is probably going to take another step forward, most likely. However, I, I don't think Trayvon Diggs is ever going to touch – more than eight interceptions ever again. And you got to keep in mind, this man led up the most receiving yards for a starting corner in the NFL. So he's not really like, a. Mm, it's hard because interceptions are most definitely game changing, but in the sense that you're letting up so many yards, it's almost like you're getting right place, right time. Maybe he, he he's not going to replicate that season. So that defense is most definitely going to take a step back, but I think Dak Prescott, can and will will this team to a division win. I have them at 10 and 7, just like the Eagles, just the way the cookie crumbles. They went 5 and 1 in the division. Therefore, division title is theirs. But I I, I like Zeke Jackson. I'm not going to lie. You think it's time to get rid of him, all that stuff. I think he had the best season since his rookie season last year. Coming back from injury this year, he's going to be healthy. He's going to be splitting carries with Tony Pollard, so his legs are going to be fresh. I think he's the right man for the job, and he's the right running back for that offense. And then you have a change of pace in Tony Pollard. So I think this offense is can and will be very good. And, you know, that offense is most definitely going to win them games. All right. Well, let's get right into their schedule. Week one, they have a repeat matchup of last season that opened the 2021 season. And that is the Buccaneers, as they are coming into Dallas this time, rather than Dallas heading to the Buccaneers. And I have Dallas losing this game. And I also have them dropping the game after that, because as much as they're at home, they face two of the toughest offenses in NFL football. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I have them starting the year. Oh, and two. Totally agree. Jackson. I think Tom Brady's going to carve apart that defense. And, you know, Trayvon Diggs week one, wasn't like this superstar yet. Now we know what he is. And I think Tom Brady's going to go out there and be like, man, this guy, like, Oh, he had 12 and he had so many interceptions last year, but I, I'm going to have my way with him. I think he's going to bully Trayvon Diggs in that mediocre defense. And then same thing with Joe Burrow. He's going to have protection now. Not that the Cowboys could even rush the quarterback that well. Anyways, I think he's going to sit in that pocket with that elite offensive line. He's got around him and just have a field day, tossing it up to those receivers. He's got in, in uh, Cincinnati. Oh, and two for the Cowboys. Yeah, week three, I have them picking up week three and four. I have them picking up their first two wins against divisional opponents. They face the Giants in New York and then 
they come back home and the commanders come to town. So I have them winning those two games, evening up their record at two and two. Yep. Same here, Jackson. I think those are two cakewalk games for them. They're going to kind of silence the haters just a little bit, bring themselves back to some 500 football. It's really odd looking at the schedule, Justin, because this team just kind of bounces back and forth. When I look at their record, it it, it really is kind of funny because first two games, they lose next two games. They win next two games. They lose next two games. They win at least going into the bye. I think that's, that's really, really funny because they had, they had a, they had a way in, in the next two games to the Super Bowl champion, LA Rams, and then two Philadelphia division rivals. And I think they lose both those games. And then they follow it up with wins against the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears at home. Yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. The, I think, I don't know if it's because I'm paying attention to the schedule more this year than, than years prior. The schedule makers really dropped the ball this year, just with the wonky schedule, like two really hard games, two really easy games, two really hard games, two really easy games. And then out of the bye, Packers, Vikings, two really hard games. And then it kind of, it balances out a little bit after that, but like a team shouldn't have to go through just two and two, two and two, two and two like that. That's not how you build consistency as a football team. It, it, it's really, it's mind boggling to me to be completely honest, but that Rams game, I have them losing. And then I have them losing to the Eagles at home as well. So back down they are now going to be two and four heading into week seven and eight right before the bye yeah but they pick up those wins going four and four into the into the bye so at least it's somewhat respectable you've come out of a really just a scorched earth type of schedule and then out of the bye i have them going right back to their they're two and two type of stuff as they lose two straight games to NFC North, NFC North opponents. Now here's the thing, Green Bay out of the bye. As much as I want to respect them, and they're at home, I could easily see Dallas coming into town and and seeing if they can't um, can't give it to them because this could be a prove it game for for Dak Prescott as Aaron Rodgers has probably turned that offense around by week ten and then heading away to Minnesota could also be another prove it game. So if they could pull those two games out, which would be a rabbit out of the hat level of magic, then I would say that they have a chance to win this division, but they are going to be tough games. And something that you'll note as well, if you take a peek back at their schedule, Justin, a lot of their hard games are on the road, right? Outside of their first two, where they're at home against Tampa Bay and the Bengals, they have away games at the Rams, at the Eagles, at the Packers, at the Vikings, right? That's rough, man. Yeah. Not only did they get a rough schedule, they got it rough when it came to home and away games because when they need to be playing in Jerry's world, they are most definitely not. Yeah, my thing is, I think out of the bye, they're going to drop onto the Packers in Min- uh, in Wisconsin, you know. Green Bay, Lambeau Field. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be getting chilly, man. And this is a Texas team. They're not really used to that. But then, you know, in that dome against Minnesota the following week, continuing that um NFC North trip, I think they beat the Vikings. I think the Vikings are gonna be a very good team. But you know, last year with Cooper Rush, the Cowboys got it done. So I think with hopefully, fingers crossed, Dak Prescott week eleven, that's an easy game for them. It's an interesting take, Jay. I have a lot, a lot of faith in those Vikings 
and to see the kind of leap that Justin Jefferson may take this year would be incredible to watch, but it will definitely be a shootout. I think two teams that are built very similarly, they have, uh, they're going to have a high, a higher flying offense. I think the Vikings are this year with a new offensive coordinator and the fact that Dallas has always been a somewhat of air raid offense with their receiving core, but well, that and Dak's ability to really push the ball down the field. So it should be a good game. They're in Minnesota. So they're in that dome should be uh should be good weather and uh, should be, should benefit both teams. So it'll definitely be a fun game to watch. Yeah, definitely. I, I have that game circled. I definitely want to tune into that game. Yeah. Another game I have circled though, two weeks later after they pick up a win against the giants at home, the Colts come to town in week 13. This is another prove it game for the Dallas Cowboys, right? They, this time they have them at home, a chance for Dallas to really secure a tough win before I see them going on a one, two, three, four, five game win streak to finish the season, which don't get me wrong, would be a stretch in and of itself. But if they can come up with a win at home against Indy, it's a huge, huge win for Dallas. But man, is that going to be tough with a well-balanced team with a you know standalone wide receiver in Michael Pittman? You have an offensive player of the year candidate, probably in Jonathan Taylor, a more consistent quarterback in Matty Ice, and probably one of the best defenses in football with the Indianapolis Colts, along with an incredibly strong O-line. Just a well-oiled machine comes out of Indy, and that, that is a big, big game for Dallas. Yeah, I think if I could pinpoint one area that would be the weakest on that Cowboys defense, it would be their run defense. So when you have to take on the likes of Jonathan Taylor, it's it's going to be a long day most likely, assuming he's healthy and playing good football week 13. Running backs, you know, don't have the best shelf life. Shelf life. He's a workhorse. We'll see. But, you know, as of right now, he's going to be that guy. So I have them dropping that game. I do have them beating the Giants week 12, though. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, just a five-game winning streak. I don't have them going that far. I have them beating the Texans, beating the Jaguars, beating the Eagles at home. Week 17, again, Titans, Derrick Henry, run defense, I Thursday night football as well. I think the Titans are going to have their way with the Cowboys. And then, you know, they finish week 18 with another win. So, yeah, in the last seven weeks, they go five and two. And that's that's really what's going to, you know, push them ahead of that division for me. Yeah, I have them going six and one, so a little bit better. But, man, that the beginning half of that schedule is just so brutal. Going four and four headed into a week nine bye. I just think it's going to be rough for this team. They are going to have a lot of challenges this season as Dallas will always be Dallas. So do remember that as you know, they, they remember their 13 second long trying to uh, their sorry, their 13 second spike attempt that they couldn't get done in the playoffs last year. So Dallas has their moments. They're going to have their explosiveness, but we'll have to see, man. I, I'm excited to see you pick them as division winners, have a little more faith in them than I do. But I just, I'm telling you, Justin, the Dallas Cowboys are the definition of a wild card team. They just, they have so many ups and downs throughout a season, so much drama. And that's why I have them finishing at 10 and seven. You could still win a division and be a wild card team, my friend. This is true. It's, well, I mean, it is the NFC East. This is something that we have to remember. It's a cakewalk. 
All right. The Washington Commanders. Let's get into it. I have them finishing 7-10. and 10. They are third in the division, and they get, I believe, one game better than last season. Yeah, I have them at 7-10 and 10 too. But listen, Jackson, I'm going to be completely honest. I was very high on the Commanders football team uh, heading into last season. And, you know, they kind of got – they got burnt with injuries this year. They have Curtis Samuel coming back a wide receiver chase young coming back. You know, they're going to have a s- listen, Brian Fitzpatrick's nice and all Taylor Heineke is not a starting quarterback. Carson once is a huge step forward from what they had uh, in the in the years prior. So I think based off of that alone, I think this team could surprise a lot of people with that said, I have them going seven and 10 because Carson once is their quarterback and, I think he's I think he's an average starting quarterback, but I think he's not the guy that's going to propel you anymore to like a, you know, 10, 11 win team. So I think there's going to be a lot of shocking losses for this football team. I think that they're going to surprise people for a lot of games, but then they're going to, you know, shock a lot of people as well, losing games that they shouldn't really be losing. So I think this it's going to be a weird kind of year for the for the commanders, but I think they definitely could surprise a lot of people. What do you have as their record? I have them at seven and 10, which is a pretty okay. competent football team. Gotcha. I think I could see, I, looking back at their schedule, I think I could see them pulling out an eighth win somewhere. So, yeah. so we have them at seven and 10, which is the exact same record as they had last year. You know, it's, it's interesting because Carson Wentz is definitely an upgrade at the quarterback position. It's just how much of an upgrade. Not to say that like he's on the same level as Taylor Heineke, but he had what I think is a better offense and better well-rounded team in the Indy in the Indianapolis Colts, and he couldn't take them to the playoffs. So let's just get into it. Let's talk their record real quick. Uh, I have them hopping out the gate at two and zero as they face the Jags and the Lions. Yeah, Jackson, I actually am the complete opposite. <laughs> like I said, this team, they're going to be a weird team. And that's why I have them losing to the Jaguars and Lions week one and two. And then they put, you know, like I said, they're going to lose a lot of weird games, but they're going to win a lot of weird games too. It's going to be a weird team. I promise you that. Carson Wentz is about as weird as they come when it comes to starting quarterbacks and what he does. Did you really imagine the Indianapolis Colts getting spanked by the Jaguars? Uh, to close out the season last year? No, I did not. Exactly. So I really think this, hey man, he he gets embarrassed by the Jaguars to end the season last year. New team this year, same story. He's going to open up and the Jaguars are just going to have his number for some odd reason. I, they're going to be a weird team. 0-2 and, and everyone's going to think the world's on fire. But then they set the record straight. Week three, like you guys know, they're going to beat the Eagles. I mean, if they could lose to the Jags in both of those games, that'd be one hell of a newspaper article. It's going to be front page news for sure. Yeah, Carson Wentz is going to catch a lot of strays, and that's why he's going to be even more motivated. Revenge tour. He's going to beat the Eagles. Promise. Okay, well, I have the Eagles winning this game, even though it's in Washington. I have them coming in, and I I think this is a statement win, actually, for the Eagles. So I'm going to go in the complete opposite direction. I have Jalen Hurts proving to everyone that he was way better than Carson Wentz in that sense, at least way better now, a couple of years ago. Definitely not the situation, but I think Jalen Hurts comes in. He's like, okay, yep, this is the guy that used to 
used to have the reins around here. I'm going to show him why, what he's missing out on, right? So I have them losing there and also losing to the Dallas Cowboys as they head to Dallas in week four. And then another win or another loss in week five. This is where I could see them turning it around, maybe, depending on how their defensive line is. But I have them losing at home against the Tennessee Titans in week five. So three straight losses puts them through five weeks, two and three for me. Yeah, so I have them beating the Eagles, like you know. I think they're going to lose to the Cowboys. But then I think week five, like I said, weird team win weird football games. I think they're going to beat the Titans at home week five to bring them to to make them two and three heading into week five. And then week six, Thursday night football, the Bears are a sorry excuse for a football team. I think Washington's going to have their way. Justin Fields against a good defense with no weapons, no offensive line. No defensive help. I think that's going to be a horrible game for him, especially on primetime football. It's going to make people really think about him and, you know, what future he might have. But, yeah, commanders are going to pull that out and be 3-3 three and three heading into week seven. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement there. And then we move down. I'm just going to stretch it all the way to the bye. Why the heck not? Because I have them losing four straight, and that's the Packers, Indianapolis Colts, Vikings and the Eagles. And then I have them coming out with three straight wins against the Texans, Falcons, and Giants. So heading into the bye, I have them at six and seven. So not exactly what you want to see out of the bye, but I think they pick up most of those wins towards the the back half of that first half of the season before they hit the bye. And then it gets rough later on in the season. So, yeah, I, I follow that same path. I have them losing, you know, four straight against the Packers, Colts, Vikings, and Eagles. And then they're going to beat the Texans, beat the Falcons. But I actually have them dropping one to the Giants. So that would make them five and eight for me heading into the bye. Rough, rough okay. loss. Yeah, the Giants are at home. The Giants swept the Commanders last year. The Commanders are a significantly better football team. But, you know, the Giants, they got better too as well. So I think... They'll improve to a split this year, but at home, week 13, I got the Giants. Okay. Well, after the bye, I see them getting one win. They hit the Giants again. Really interesting scheduling, by the way. Yep. Have a team before the bye and after the bye. Good job, really Scott. Yeah. Uh, and then three straight losses to close out the season. Uh, San Francisco is an away game, and Trey Lance is probably high-flying by then and they're in san francisco deshaun watson's back by week 17 it's, it's a home game for the commanders but it's just a loss way too much talent on that roster and then week 18 dallas cowboys come into washington needing a needing a win to propel themselves either into the playoffs as a wild card team or top the division so see the commanders once again finishing seven and ten yeah, I have them finishing 7-10 and 10 as well. The only real difference is I have them beating the Giants out the bye. I really don't know. I hear a lot of doubt on Trey Lance. Um, I read a headline this morning that experts don't really, don't really believe in Trey Lance. So I don't know who the quarterback is going to be at this point in the season for them. However, I know they're the much better football team. So I, I have the Niners winning that one at home as well. Same thing with the Browns. Don't know who the quarterback is going to be, whether it's Brissett or Deshaun Watson, I don't know. That significantly changes things for me. But I'm operating under the fact that Deshaun Watson isn't going to play football this year. 
I, I personally don't think he should touch a football field ever again. Hearing these reports about the things he's done, it's just absolutely disgusting. And he's a scum human being to me. So I'm operating under the fact that he's out for the year. So I think with Jacoby Brissett under the center, I think the commanders pull that one out and then, you know, drop, drop the uh, season finale to the Cowboys seven and 10. So we both have the commanders finishing third in that division. Yes, sir. With the same exact record that they had last year, nothing benefiting Carson Wentz in a prove it year for him, as this is probably his last stop before he is kicked out the door of quarterbacking. I I could see him as a backup quarterback. That's that's really that's really all it is. If he if he does not push the needle in Washington after adding a receiving threat and having a solid defense, I just don't see the door being open for much longer for Carson Wentz. But with that being said. We are headed on to the Giants. Justin. Oh, man. This really pains me, man. I have them doing worse than they did last season. And I don't know if it's just for the sheer fact that I have probably never had an ounce of respect for a New York football team up until this season. And that would be the Jets. Yes, sir. Uh, But I have them at 3-14. and This could be the number one overall picking team for next season outside of I say Chicago and I think Atlanta has hopes to be like the third best or the third worst so yeah I just don't see this team succeeding and they got a new new head coach I mean Bill's Bill's offensive coordinator don't get me wrong that's sad I like that that's good for him they picked up a great rusher in Kayvon Thibodeau they added a tackle to protect Daniel Jones and actually maybe be able to keep Saquon healthy because they can run the ball a little more. Uh, and then they drafted a wide receiver that I'm really shaking my head at. Wandale Robinson, the second round. Why he was drafted over the likes of Sky Moore, I'm not really sure. His draft profile, when we when we took a look at it before recording this episode, uh, Justin and I were sitting here scratching our heads because Wandale Robinson is shorter, has smaller hands, weighs less, so he's pencil thin, uh, is slower. Why are we, why are the Giants picking this type of receiver? Who knows? Maybe he's a perfect scheme fit, but even his draft profile said he'd be limited by a scheme fit like the New York Giants. So, the Giants continue to be the New York Giants, and that's why I have them at 3-14. and 14. I'm sorry to all our Giants fans listening at home, but I just do not have any faith in this organization. Listen, I think as much as I love to hate on the Giants, I think they're going to improve a little bit. I have them winning one more game than they did last year. My, my big thing is, as a, as a fan of a consistently young football team with new head coaches and new quarterbacks and all of that stuff, it's easy to get caught up in the like, oh, everything's new, so we're going to be good. Listen, we have to be realistic. I've fallen for this trap all too much. Daniel Jones has proved nothing. You have a bunch of young guys. You can't, you can't even if you have two, quote unquote, top five prospects in the draft, you can't put too much hype on them, especially like an offensive tackle. He's not going to change your football team that much. And edge rusher definitely can, but I think we need to calm the expectations for Kayvon Thibodeau, especially considering, you know, he's done absolutely nothing on a football field, and there's a reason he dropped. 
you're a young team with a coach who's established nothing. You had 11 players drafted in this draft. It's going to be, it's going to be a headache of a, of a season. I can promise you that you're going to win football games. I promise you, you're going to be five and 12, but you're also going to lose a lot and you're going to lose a lot of ugly games and you're going to get blown out. You're going to get spanked. You're going to get embarrassed, but you know what? You're a young football team. So you have to look forward to the future. You're getting these guys reps. You're getting these guys time. You just have to hope the coaching staff and these young guys can develop and, you know, become a competent football team in years moving forward. With that said, Wando Robinson is a horrible pick. You guys already have Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. And now you go out and get Wando Robinson, who's going to be the shortest receiver. He's basically Walmart brand Kadarius Toney. Unless he's Kadarius Toney's replacement, I cannot get behind this pick whatsoever. I think that was the worst pick you had in the draft. You guys love it a lot. Listen, I, I get it. He's young. He's exciting. He's a receiver. Probably not the best pick for your team, though. You had tons of holes everywhere else, and wide receiver is probably the one place you don't have a hole. So, I mean, an influx of talent is always a good thing, though. He's going to be a gadget guy. You got Saquon Barkley coming back. Hopefully, with an improved offensive line, you can return to that 2018 form, and I think that's what's going to win you guys football games. But like I said, you guys got to calm the expectations. I'd love to see Saquon back in form. Like, this is a guy that we all looked at out of college and was like, dude, this is everyone's dream back. Like, he has every tool imaginable. But unfortunately, he just can't stay healthy, which is the reality we have to live with with running backs. Anyway, let's get into this. And I just I want to I want to quick hitter this because it's it's going to be painful. A five and 12 max record is is pretty rough for for Giants fans. I have them at three and 14. Like I said, I don't expect a lot out of this football team. So let's just get into it. Why don't you just go over your wins real quick? Oh yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. Okay, uh, your three wins, two wins at home, Panthers, Bears, weeks two and four, and then out of the bye at home against the Texans. I'll give you your third win. Those are my three wins for this football team. Yep. Yeah, I, it's 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 just tough for me to pick out wins again with this team, even even in home games because their home games they have tough either divisional opponents or teams that come to town that you don't want to see come to town when you're the Giants. Weeks two and four, I have them winning against the Panthers and Bears. And then right before the bye, I have them going into Seattle and taking one. Drew Locke ain't that guy. And then coming out of the bye, you know, back-to-back wins, let's go. It's about the most success you'll see. You're going to beat the Texans week 10, I think. And then week 13, beat the Commanders. The Giants are the Commander killers. So it's only right that they get one against them. And then the rest of the year from week 14 to week 18 is losses. Yeah. I mean, not, not a whole hell of a lot to say about this giants team. That's what happens when you're in a rebuild and you still don't know if your quarterback is the guy for the job. We will have to see with the new offensive coordinator. I'd love to see some, some new schemes around Daniel Jones, right? He seems to be a little more mobile than some of the other other quarterbacks. So maybe maybe they get him some more rushing time. Maybe they expose him a little bit more as this could be the last year before they finally hang up the reins and say, hey, let's go get a guy like Bryce Young out of Alabama or CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. So this is this is time for the Giants to really experiment and figure out, hey, can we build a scheme around Daniel Jones or is 
is it time to go? And for me, it's with the realistic answer, it's time to go. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's so hard, but it's a really good year to need a quarterback. So like you almost as a Giants fan, look, I understand. Look, I, I feel you guys so much more than you, more than I think you understand emotional attachment to a quarterback. I was attached to Sam Donald. I was like, nah, we, he's our guy. We got to build around him. Look, I'm so much happier with Zach Wilson. You just got to rip that bandaid off. I think you guys need Daniel Jones to fail this year because you can get a top three, top five pick and secure yourself an actual quarterback of the future moving forward with a new head coach. He's going into his third year and he's learning his second scheme. Like it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's most likely not going to work, but listen, you guys got a young team. You got a lot of building blocks and it's a great quarterback class. Get through this year and you know, it's going to get a lot better. I promise. All right. Well, that'll do it for the NFC East and Justin two divisions down some differences this time as we were both pretty sold on the AFC East is where it was headed. And you and I, two different division leaders. So we will have to see where where this goes throughout the season. But that is all for now. So for Justin Valenzuela, my name is Jackson Shank. We will see you all next time. Peace.